I want you to host me. I need you to host me. I'd love for you to host me. I'm begging you to host me. And welcome back to another episode of the Campfire Gaming Podcast. My name is Rich, and I will be your host for this week's episode. Uh, joining me tonight, I have Matt and Mike. How you guys doing? Living the dream, man. Living the dream. Great. Great to great to be back. I'm finally uh, moved into my new place now, so I can actually settle down and do some more recordings. I missed you guys last week. Yeah, we missed you too. Are you uh you got an extra room over there now that we're just gonna put a whole bunch of like soundproofing stuff on, set up a studio? I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, we totally could. I'm just saying. Like, I I have a. Can we put up like fake logs and a fake fire, like a flashlight in the middle of it, so we really feel like we're. Uh, Dude, we can. Dude, this this place is mine. We can do whatever the hell we want with it. You heard it here, folks. We have an official office now for Campfire Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But it is pretty good. And we're going to move into the episode. So we got a lot of stuff to cover today. Um, from ranging from, you know, the, some news about the Nintendo Switch. Sega's got something that they have coming in the works. Um, a couple of uh, very interesting but a little bit of sad news coming from uh, the, the Kerbal Space Program team. As well as the uh, Riot Games as Valorant. But... Uh, we got a whole lot of stuff to talk about this week, so we're gonna we're gonna kick it off with some of the good news, and uh, I mean, well, depends. You know, you might uh, consider this good news if you're a Nintendo fan, but if you are very anti Nintendo, this might not be great news for you. But who is the, anti Nintendo? I feel uh, like there's nobody. I'm sure there's some. You know, there's got to be some ex bro out there that's just like, no, Nintendo is the worst ever because Xbox is best. Um, I'm, I'm sitting right here or. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 But Man, you've been right like, Nintendo's in the last seven, <laughs> episodes, the last seven episodes, you've been crying about not owning a switch yet. And now you can't buy one. I almost called, I almost called around a, uh, a few stores this weekend to see if they had one. I don't know what I would have done if they did. <laughs> I would have just run up. out. And, <laughs> oh, that's cool. I'm glad you have some. I hope All somebody right. buys it. Makes them very happy. Breaking news: Best Buy has three Nintendo Switches. <laughs> I did see a, a, a Switch Lite at Target the other day, but right, that's what that's called the 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 one without the dock. Yes. Yeah, that's the yeah. one without the dock. Yeah, yeah I was, I'm buying that crap. No. Yeah. So that's our big piece play, of like, uh, muddy games. That's the only reason I buy that is to play. Yeah. Yeah. You have, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, so, I mean, just going into that, I mean, that's kind of our first big piece of good news is that, um, so the Nintendo Switch has sold um, about 4.2 million units between, what, January to the end of March? Or is it yes. 3 point, 3. Is it, is it 3.29? 3.29. I see two numbers on here. Yep. So it was originally reported um, a couple of places, like Nintendo Life said that uh, Nintendo Switch sold 4.2 million units 
alone in the month of March. So as March was the the month they were looking at, 4.2 million units. It turns out it's actually from January to the end of March, and they sold 3.29 million, which is still a million a month, which is pretty awesome. I mean, that's why, yeah, that's why nobody can find them in stores because they're, you know, vanishing before our very eyes. Yeah. Initially, I like I didn't even like second guess this initially when I saw the 4.2 million because (laughs) because of all the stuff with the pandemic starting and much was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's sold out. Everybody wanted one. Uh, And then, yeah, and then I started reading some articles and saw the update and they're like, oh, no, that was kind of misreported. But yeah, it's still still quite a bit of units sold there. Again, I'm sure the pandemic helped with that, which is good for them. Oh, probably. But I mean, one of the things that I've been really impressed with with the Nintendo Switch is just how much of volume that this console has sold. Like, I don't imagine like I would I'd have to go back and check the numbers to see like what like what did the Xbox one and the PS4 sell? You know, like where we're going on, what, four years into their lifespan I think that's, yeah, Nintendo Switch released in 2016. Is that about right? Mm, sounds uh, about right, yeah. Yep, a couple of years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, a couple of years, I mean, into its lifespan, I mean, was Xbox and what was Microsoft and, this, and Sony pumping out, you know, a million units leading up to a about a three million unit count in the span of three months? I don't think so. I don't know. I do know that at the end of the year, they... What was it PlayStation here was 106 million and Xbox was only at 41 million. Um, but those are all kind of weird reporting things. I think, yeah, I mean, Sony, I think, is up to 120 million now. So that's in the last couple of months. So I know they're still selling really well. Uh, but again, that might be due to a lot of a lot of good sales, a lot of good games coming out. But, yeah, no, it's. Um, yeah. Nintendo selling all that so- in couple months is just well, a not quick, just quick search ahead, on it gives uh the xbox one has got about 46 million the ps4 has sold the ps4 has sold 106 million almost 107 and the nintendo switch is actually already passed the xbox one with 50 million so it's about 4 million basically january to march they passed the, the xbox one with sales i was i was pretty i'm pretty sure the playstation sold more because I, I, I know they, 107 they, million yeah i think they're i think they passed the game boy because game boy is about 119 million I, I remember see i'm pretty sure i saw an article where they're that placed it was not big news but it was like hey playstation has now moved into the number three spot of top selling consoles ever so i'd have to google here but no worries it doesn't matter but yeah still still uh yeah nintendo sold quite a bit there and you know, very easily past Microsoft. So, and I mean, and not just hardware sales. I mean, they're crushing it in software sales too. I mean, I think animal crossing was one of their, you know, just in the, in the span of like from the time it came out and I was like late March, early April to now. I mean, that, that thing has been crushing the, uh, the shop all the way up until just recently. And that's, I mean, so Minecraft dungeons is now the top selling game right after uh yeah animal crossing has been selling really well over the last three months so minecraft dungeons was just released was that two weeks ago i think that was two weeks ago has already yeah, been like that. Yeah. has already been selling more than uh, animal crossing or it's it's 
taken over Animal Crossing in popularity, and Animal Crossing has been hugely successful in that regard. Which I mean, yeah, could be contributed to the uh, to the pandemic. I mean, people being kind of sheltered inside, right? Yeah. No, I, I mean, know, still, still, it's selling a lot. It's been on the top. Yeah, that's the pandemic's helped actually quite a few games in the last couple months that have released. But uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, Animal Crossing has definitely held the top there for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I have. I mean, I haven't had a chance to try Minecraft Dungeons yet. Um, that that's something that's still kind of on our backlog because we gotta we gotta get get together and do a stream of that. I think. I've yeah, been holding no, I think off it's... on leveling my guy because you can make like a number of dudes, but I've been holding off on leveling him from like level seven and beyond just so that I could play with you guys with this dude. <laughs> so hurry up. <laughs> yes, yes. We have to, we're going to have to get on board with that. Yeah, we'll have to set up another stream. Mm-hmm. Play it. Yeah, because la- I mean, the, the Sea of Thieves one was a lot of fun. Like we had yeah. a lot, we had a lot of fun with that Sea of Thieves stream. At least I did. I had a ton of fun with it too, and I had to laugh because, for the most part, we just screwed around. We didn't even do any of the new stuff. No, right? no, but we, we still didn't. had a blast. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares I, about the top we tales? Yeah, we, we were doing fishing. it for new content, and we were just like, "Oh, well, screw it. We're just gonna blow up this dude's ship with the like with a shitload of explosive <laughs> barrels." Because why not? Yeah, I just wish it was easier to connect to each other. That was the only yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, half of the stream, I was like, "I'm just gonna leave." And I'm done with this game, but no, uh, it was a lot of fun. Well, you wouldn't mm-hmm. let anybody join your crew. It's good. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell happened. Um, besides that, um, we got uh, Divinity Two or Divinity, yeah, Divinity Two. Uh, the sequel to Divinity Original Sin is now on sale on the Nintendo Switch. It is. On I think sale we reported like that it was thirty percent off. So it's on a discount too. That's nice. It's oh my god! I've been waiting for this to go on sale for the Switch for a while. I've been checking it like weekly. So I mean, because I'm, I'm not super familiar with this game because I've never played this one or original. So tell me a little bit about why you're hyped for it. Think okay. So I've got it for the Xbox, and I've been playing it with my brother a whole bunch. Unfortunately, um, the kid is starting to get into video games, and it's harder to get the TV time. So I'm excited mm-hmm. that it's coming, that it's on sale for the Switch because then I can buy it for handheld and I can sit on the couch and just like absorb myself into it. Um, did you ever play Boulder's Gate? Yeah. So think of um, or like Boulder's Gate three. I think we kind of touched on it a little bit that it's going to be, you know, new and awesome, but the combat isn't going to be um, continuous. So like on PC, when you play Icewind Dale, Boulder's Gate, things like that, the combat was always going unless you paused it to do whatever moves that you were going to do. So it's basically like Boulder's Gate. You walk around and you do stuff. You can steal stuff. You can do whatever you want in the game. Um, But it's turn-based combat. So it turns into basically a strategy combat um, as soon as you get into a fight. But beyond that, it's just open world, do whatever you want to do. The cool thing about it is there's... I want to say at least every conversation I've had has had at least five different directions you can take it. Um, And those different directions, you know, you can intimidate people. You can try and be, you know, charismatic. It's like D&D also. So if you played Boulder's Gate or D&D, it's a lot like that. The character customization is really cool. Uh, You can do a lot of stuff with it. There's a couple of different classes. 
Um, the undead one is pretty fun, but I usually build like an elf. The druid that I've got currently, like I call it a druid, but that's not an actual build. Um, it's like a, a totem summoning thing. So I basically create like an army of fireballs that just sit out and they they tie to whatever element the ground is that you like summon them from. So if the ground is on fire, which is if you decide to like blow up a barrel and it's a fire barrel, the ground stays on fire for like six or seven turns. And if anybody's in it, they just take damage. So it's, it's a really cool game. I don't, I don't know how else to say it, but I, I'm really excited that it's on sale so I can pick it up to play handheld. With that said, there are some graphical differences from the Switch. Uh, they took out some of the effects and things like that. So if you want the whole thing, you can get a physical copy of the Xbox One version at like Best Buy for like 15 bucks. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, I've never really played any of those games before, but that sounds like that'd be something I'd be interested in. I mean, I'm really interested in, I mean, I think the, the turn-based RPG aspect of it is very, like you said, Dungeons and Dragons. And I mean, I've been a fan of playing D&D for a long time, so that sounds like something I'd be interested in. Four-player co-op. That is pretty cool. Um, yeah, this is on Steam, right? Yeah, um, and it cross-saved like to Steam. Yeah. And the oh, that's cool. Yep. Oh, nice, nice. So if you're that's playing good. Switch or you're playing Steam, you can do uh, cloud saves for both. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, so I'll probably end up having to pick this up when uh, when we go on uh, Steam Summer Sale coming up soon, right? Oh, absolutely. I think I'm hearing rumors of it being like the uh, like the 16th for the Steam Summer Sale. Like, of July? going to be like a week later. Of but... June. Ooh. It's going to be like early, like, yeah, that's middle like, of June. That's, that's rumor, though. Very that's, soon. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm hearing rumors, but usually it's at like, I mean, typically they've done like the end of June into early July kind of a thing. I think it's the rumor is it's going to be a little earlier this year, but we'll have to see. I mean, I'll probably pick it up because it's going to end up being like, you know, $10 or something like that. But I'd be interested in playing that. It's a ton of fun, especially if you've got. So the only downside to the co-op. Um, sorry to go like three minutes into this game, but uh, the downside to co-op is that the the battle truly is turn-based. It's not my side goes, then your side goes. It is individuals based on initiative. So you get like player one could go first and then like 10 bad guys could go and then player two, three, and four, and then back to player one or however the assortment works based on whatever your initiative turns out to be. Boulder's mm-hmm. Gate 3 changed that. So they'll have it be my side, you side, my side, you side, more like a traditional uh, turn-based tactical RPG. Gotcha. Cool. So moving on, uh, we got some weird news coming out of Sega. So for a, I think we reported a couple podcasts ago that there was rumors that Sega had some project that they're working on. Um, and just recently we got word of the the sega game gear micro now i don't think this is what the actual big new project was because this seems like this is kind of one of those what like why would this you know why would this generate so much mis- mystery and hype from sega mm-hmm. but it's kind of an interesting thing that they're bringing out a sega game gear micro probably to try to hit that same market that like um like the the super the snes mini or the nest mini or something like that um I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on the, the the Game Gear Micro? Did you guys have gimmick. a Game Gear? Just straight up gimmick. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I feel too. 
I only say that because I, of the, the the way that they did it, but I did have a Game Gear back in the day. Well, it's just weird that it's like they're just basically doing a like the exact same thing, just smaller. So it's just a tinier screen. And Good it's just, it's literally the same guy. product. Yeah, like it's literally it's almost literally the same product. That like I, you might as well just have a lighter, not so bricky Game Gear. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this because I had a Game Gear growing up. I loved it, and I kind of got excited for a minute because I thought this might be one of those like you know how they're doing with, you know the NES, the SNES, the Sega. You know doing these classic systems that have built in you know X amount of games, 20, 30, 40 games. Yeah. I thought, oh, maybe this will just be a classic Game Gear system. And they'll load a bunch of ROMs on there. It'll be great. It'll be fantastic. And I got really excited. Then I read down and I got super disappointed. and was like, what the heck? Like, what's going on here? Because it, it yeah, it's really stupid in my opinion, especially the way they're going to be selling it here. Basically, they're going to be they have four different versions, uh, which are all different colors. There's a what a black, yellow. Was it red and blue? I don't even remember. Do we have it here? Yeah. Yellow, blue, red, black. Yep. And each of them have four different games on it. Yeah. So, so if you want all 16 games, you have, you to, have buy to buy all, all the all. different. Yeah. You have to buy all the different game gears to have all the games. Are the bodies actually a different color from each other? Is that the, the yeah. differentiation? Okay. Yeah. No, they're they're all different colors. And yeah. And, and plus to me, you know, again, kind of leading into your gimmicky remark is the screens are 1.15 inches diagonal, like super small. And yeah, I don't, I don't know. I was really excited about this news because I loved Game Gear. And then it got really sad because yeah. it's really expensive because each unit is uh, estimated at what? What do we have here? Forty six dollars a unit. That's so, like, let's just go buy an Xbox game. Like, put, pony up the other ten dollars. Yeah. Well, I mean, not even just that, but like, uh, so me personally, I've never been on board with a lot of these, uh, like, miniaturized nostalgia consoles. To honestly, I've always felt that they were super gimmicky. Like, I wasn't hyped for the the NES. I wasn't hyped for the SNES Classic or whatever it was, mainly because. I can play a lot of this stuff on ROM and emulator and all that. And it works great. Um, not to mention, I still fucking have, you know, <laughs> all my SNES. Like I still have all my consoles. Like this seems like so pointless. Like it's not that inconvenient for me to just pop out a cartridge and put another one in just because that's how it was. So I don't need to have like a UI or whatever. It's basically like they just take a Raspberry Pi, put it in a little miniaturized NES case or a, a Game Gear case, and then it's like, yeah, it's a new product, guys. Yeah. We're well, going to jack up the price on it. I mean, well, I people think the, were doing that originally. Like They would buy yeah, you know, yeah. a Raspberry Pi and then just build it out to be a, a mini Nintendo. They probably just were like, you know, we could make money off of this. We should probably do this instead of letting other people just do it. Yeah. And I, I think, I think they're... they're half targeting the younger crowd. So I think younger than our generation, like we remember having those, but maybe the generation below, they didn't have it. And they're like, oh, I got a Game Gear, dudes. Yeah, I don't know. That's like that. that I don't I mean, I don't know a lot of young kids. Um, the, the closest that I have is my, my younger brother. And most of the kids his age and his friends, they don't they don't give a shit about these kinds of games because they're old. They don't care about them because it's not like it's not for them. So it's like, yeah, if, if it's not for me, it's not for them. Who is this for? 
Like, well, it's not fork fight. They don't want it. So <laughs> exactly. If he can't, if he can't floss in it, then he doesn't. He's not interested in playing it. Could you imagine trying to get a pixelated floss on your Game Gear back in the day? <laughs> like yeah, man. Top Gun, you beat the first level, and your little pilot jumps out. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of every Streets of Rage level, you just, you know, you do the thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Matt, That's... did you have a comment on this? I, I feel like I ran you over there, but. No, no, I was going to make a comment on those classic systems, just that I think the draw to that is the convenience. It's like the draw of a console over like a PC is you can just plug it in and play. You know, it's convenient for most people. You know, it's got HDMI, it's got save states. That's all my comment was going to be as to why those uh, draw to those classic, uh, these classic systems that are being re-released. And you were the one who mentioned. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, Matt, you were the one who mentioned that they were the different colors. You want to read off the games that come along with these? Before we get yeah, or is that too much? Before we get into the games part, I hope this thing runs on like eight double A's. It was six or eight double A's. Or it was six. Three, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it was just a battery hog. Like, I hope they do that again. <laughs> that so every person that buys one of these gets the real experience yeah. of 30 minutes before your batteries are dead. All right, you want to get some like real member berries going on here? I okay, I remember a long time ago, you used to be able to rent these from Perkins. Perkins used Perkins? to have <laughs> yes, Perkins what used the to hell have. What city did you live in where your Perkins had these? <laughs> this was Apple Valley. This no was way. Apple Valley. The Apple Valley Perkins. Yeah, the Apple Valley Perkins used to do this. Is that we would go there for breakfast on the weekends. And that what we would do is like behind the podium, they had like a rack of game gears that had like Sonic or something in them. And you could go and rent them from Perkins and be able to play it at the table while you were waiting for your food. <laughs> but not like take it home. It was like a. No, no, okay. you couldn't take like it home. Those, yeah. What are those stupid Zeosks or whatever? The waiter yeah. replacements that. Right, right. Where you could play all the like the, the garbage mobile games that they have on there. Yeah, last time we went to Red Robin, my son started poking around and bought three games. Didn't play one of them. But before we could get to, like, taking care of the baby in their, in her seat, my son was like, boop, 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 boop. I just charged $12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I'm I mean- sorry to disappoint, Mike, but these little units are going to take two triple a batteries to run uh-huh. and i imagine they're gonna last a lot longer like an than a- six double a's that the original used maybe i mean triple a's that, that wasn't much if my game boy pocket had anything to say about it yeah do you guys want to go into the game list or do you want to hear a nintendo versus game gear like game boy versus game gear thing oh uh, let's go to the game list yeah yeah shout Aww. it out all right, so the game list here. Also, keep in mind, I don't know, I don't think we've mentioned this. This is releasing in Japan, so um, obviously, I think a lot of this is geared towards you know consumers over there. Uh, but the black unit will have Sonic the Hedgehog, Puyo Puyo Two, Outrun, and Royal Stone. The yellow version will have Shining Force Gaiden, Shining Force Gaiden Two, Shining Force Final Conflict, and Nazo Puyo Aroy. Arroyo no Ru, I'm butchering that, I'm sure. Uh, blue version will have Sonic and Tails, Gunstar Heroes, Sylvan Tail, and Bak- Baku Baku Animal. I'm butchering all of these. 
Uh, Red will have <laughs> Megami Tensei Gaiden Last Bible, Megami Megami Tensei Gaiden Last Bible Special, and then the GG Shinobi <laughs> columns. Did you guys ever play Shining Force? No. Nope. If you like turn-based tactical RPGs, Shining Force was flipping amazing. I played. Um, if you buy like the um, the arcade, the Sega arcade pack for like the Xbox or whatever, it's got mm-hmm. Shining Force one, two, and I think three on it. It's super goofy. Like the the characters you can get are all all kinds of fun, but it is amazing. It is hard as hell, but it's a ton of fun. <laughs> I all played those through old it. Games are hard. I played through it on a no loss, like no losing a guy, and it was it was fucking rough. But I've done it on one and two. Go play it if you if you really like these games. Yeah, I, I I'm not familiar with most of these games, so I must have had a bunch of different games growing up. So, yeah, I didn't find Shining Forest until I got it on the Xbox 360 on like that mm-hmm. same arcade pack that keeps jumping system to system. Yeah. No, I had some like I had the Sonics. I had Mick, a Mickey game. I had G-Force, uh, you know, like a air uh, 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 was it Air Force like jet game. Was it Grand? Wasn't Grand Turismo, but there was a racing Grand Torino, I think it was called. Gran Torino. Pretty sure that's a a movie. Maybe it is. That is a movie. I'd have. I haven't looked at my games in years, and I don't remember too much. But yeah, quite a bit. Quite a bit of. I don't know. Yeah. So. Oh, were you gonna say something, Matt? I didn't. uh, I'm just. I. I, I'm sad. (laughs) This isn't just a, a a classic version with like a whole 20, 30 games on it. Because then I probably would have been excited yeah. and bought it because I'm stupid. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the fact that they're 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 too cheap to put more than four games on an entire what is that a forty six dollar console is yeah. a little ridiculous. Yeah. Again, that's converted from yen. Um. So. Yeah, it's almost it's just under yeah, five thousand like, oh, yen. Even more than like twelve dollars, and that's I think being a little liberal. It, like twelve dollars like, is what I would pay for one of those, and that's it. Not I that could almost one, see for four games, though. That's I what. I, yeah, that's that's what I don't get about this. Four like twenty-year-old games. Yeah, but that's yeah. three bucks a game. Like if you go back and try and buy almost any old game, like remade, like or brought back to a console or a system, they're at least five bucks. So I think three. Right, I, I guess. A, I picked up the Sega Classic. To start a pandemic here for fifty bucks, and that has I don't even remember thirty games on it, something like that. I don't know. It, it, that's what doesn't make sense. I could I could see maybe the roughly forty six fifty dollar price tag that it would be in the U.S. if it was here. If it was sixteen games, maybe right. I could, okay, well, yeah, you're whatever. buying the hardware and you're getting. But this the... is yeah. But four games per system. I mean, the good news is if you pre order all four of them. Uh, for $250, you also get the Big Window Micro, which is a micro micro version of the Big Window accessory for the original uh, Game Gear. Does uh, the original still one. work? Because I, I have mean, an I original one. I doubt it. Not at the screen size difference there. But now I always wanted one of these. Uh, but yeah, kind of kind of funny when I saw that. I was like, oh, you can get one for the micro. Uh, anybody that doesn't know what that is, it's basically... 
could I call it like a magnifying glass? Basically, it was just like a bigger screen attachment that went over the screen and magnified it and made it basically gave you a larger screen. So never got it, though. That or the TV tuner that I wanted for it. If you guys remember that accessory. No. Take your silence as a no. <laughs> no. No. I, well, no. No, I don't. I don't remember that at all, actually. Yeah. You didn't want to watch live over-the-air TV on your Game Gear? Nope. <laughs> no, I did not. Never planned on it. <laughs> I never actually owned a Game Gear. Could it you was, like? It was great. Could you mess with it enough to get like that that fuzzy adult channel? I don't know. I, I never actually got it. I was never. I never. I, I was. I was what? This was the '90s, so it was maybe like maybe ten when I had this, and yeah, I couldn't afford. I could barely afford buying a game every now and then. So yeah, I, I wasn't know, getting these. I wouldn't know how many people there. out there still remember those fuzzy adult channels. <laughs> I knew exactly what you were talking about. <laughs> It's like channel 97 or something <laughs> yeah. like that. I'm pretty sure that was a boob. Nope. <laughs> well, I like watching this for 30 this minutes. Event. All right. Well, bringing it back to the games here. <laughs> Do we want to talk about the, the, the big announcement for the Sega? Oh, oh, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I totally skipped over that. Yeah, so... So far, what we know of from this big news that that Sega is trying to announce that we'll be announcing soon is something like I, I don't think this is confirmed, but they're calling it Sega Fog. Is that like that's not confirmed? Is I it? think that is the confirmed. It's Fog Gaming or Fog Games. I don't remember what the whole title was, but yeah, it's like Sega Fog. It's a it's a sounds like a real deal. Okay, yeah. So this is like. From what I understand is that they are planning on utilizing arcade machines when they're not like the the big gist of this is that they want to use arcade machines when they're not being used. I don't necessarily know what that means. I want to know what so they're like using if your it store. For. Let's say okay, let's say you own an arcade store and you've got yeah. Sega machines in there, right? When right. you close down for the day overnight, the machines are active, potentially plugged in, but they're not running. Right, they're not doing anything. Yeah, just... typically you shut everything off. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's they're gonna use them as like. Um, oh, okay. I thought. Oh, I thought you no, were. They're gonna take. They're gonna take. Thought you were them. gonna explain something. No, that was that was the gist of it. They're gonna wait for people oh. to be like, okay, my arcade shop is closed, and then use that essentially. And this is this is the rumor part of it where they don't know necessarily how this is gonna work. But it's like they're going to use those arcades as a cloud service to let people play arcade games from home. Like on the arcade? Yeah. I mean, that's it. Yeah, I'm not exact. Yeah, that's that's kind of weird. So they, they're just going to utilize the hardware of the arcade machines, which are, I mean, I can't imagine aren't are super powerful hardware, right? Like no, I can't be like, yeah, I'm 99% sure Sega was watching Ralph breaks the internet and was like, "This yeah. is a gold mine." <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "We connect, we could do this. We connect the arcade machines to the internet." Whoa! Yeah, I don't, I don't get what they're going to be using this for. This is the only thing I can think of. Is like, 
when you they're trying to make arcade machines maybe not so obsolete is there like there's not a lot of them around as far as i remember like true arcades where that's all it is there's no pizza and beer and crap like that um yeah but there's like if there are places maybe japan that still have a real arcade or the mall of america things like that when they shut down they could still be making money by allowing people to stream their console or their um, no, their arcade cabinet to their TV, so they could still be making sales, like in the middle of the night, to that fifty-three-year-old gamer who's like, "I need Donkey Kong, and it's not available right now." Yeah. Well, I mean, no offense to the fifty-three. Uh, I just needed an age range for sure. Classic sure. We just, arcades. We just pissed off our fifty-fifty-year-old demographic. I know we have Thanks, one. Mike. I know, Thanks, Mike. Like, I have one listener no, that I know. No, we got that the one is. shout out. Yeah, we got that one shout out to him. So now he can feel special. I get the whole again. I get that whole using it in its off hours, but I it, the two things that still kind of confuse me is yeah, kind of I, like how exactly they're going to use it. You know, we can room you know talk about rumors and make up ideas here, but it's just this. You know, it was kind of you know. Sega's going to be announcing something big here and this is what we got I guess is my second thing is like really like a really crappy Game Gear that's not even at least as of right now coming to the US and then kind of this fog gaming thing that they just said they're going to use old or not old they're going to use arcade units outside of business hours like I don't know I guess I'm disappointed because I I had my hopes set on on couch I was I was just I had my my hopes set on microsoft purchase purchasing sega and and everything else yeah yeah, just, yeah. how much oh, well. yeah i remember you were cost? excited about that like about tree fitty <laughs> about tree fitty <laughs> no for real though like if, if someone like microsoft were to turn around and say we are going to buy sega what is the price point on that first off and then is it even worth buying for some of these groups like i know with the pso stuff we're like oh this is really a possibility because Sega stuff is starting to move to the Xbox and the PC. This is great. But that price tag had, has got to be ginormous. I mean, it could be. I don't know. I, I feel like this this is going to be like a... If, if, they're try, if this is the announcement that they're trying to hype up, I feel like it's going to get a very lukewarm response. Mm-hmm. Like, people are going to be like, okay, thanks, I guess. Like... Because, yeah, that's what I really wanted was to... I don't even really know a lot of Sega arcade games that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, but I yeah, maybe, like, maybe it's just big I don't and... go home from an arcade thinking, man, if only I had more time crisis. Yeah. That's what I need right now, you know? Eh. Is, also, this is from just a random site. I just quick Googled it and clicked on the first thing. It's also from 2016. But apparently, Sega is approximately worth three point three six billion. So again, million make or what billion. you will. I didn't. I didn't see if this is a credible source. Billion, not million. Billion, billion. with a B. B. Yeah. Okay. Like banana. Um. Yeah. So takes it as is. Just random article I pulled off the internet. Um. Not official in any way, but yeah. Supposedly in twenty sixteen, they were worth three point three six billion. Well, they're about to get a lot cheaper. <laughs> I love you, yeah, Sega, I don't know but why? Gonna... Yeah, but uh, come on. All right. Um, so 
I mean, bridging. I'm gonna try and bridge into our next topic. We've been we've been on the Sega for yeah. quite some time now. Let's move on. Um, so something that's you know th- this one's pretty pretty interesting. Um, and I'm kind of I mean me personally, I'm pretty glad about this. But uh, it looks like EA Games is actually bringing their library over to Steam. Yeah. So I don't know how you guys feel about this. I personally absolutely despise Origin. At least I hate using it. I don't want it on my PC. So therefore, I never end up playing The Sims or Battlefield or any of those games. Yeah. No, it was. Um. It, this is ex- yeah. I mean, it's exciting again for you know everybody out there that just wants to use Steam like Rich does. Um. Yeah, having having all of EA games. I'm sorry, I like it too. I like having all my games in one place too. Yeah, me too. Um, uh, yeah, no, this is. I, I think this is exciting. Uh, you know, to have all those over there. I don't know. Last time I booted up Origins, uh, yeah. to play anything. Uh, the one EA game I do play on my PC, uh, Star Wars: Nice Old Republic, or not Nice Old Republic, The Old Republic. Uh, that can be launched without opening Origins, which is fantastic. Um. And it wasn't official, so I didn't throw the notes in here, but I think most of the games that will be on Steam are not going to require you to launch Origins. Um, again, I didn't it, I didn't find any official confirmation on that, so I didn't want to... Wouldn't that be great? Official, like, you but... open up one client <laughs> to make yeah. it open your other To just client. open up another... Dude, <laughs> We've no, automated. that is literally... Yeah, that is literally how it works with Ubisoft games. We have no automated joke. the process. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. Like, if you were to go... And, like, so I have both the division and the division two. So I have the division on steam and the division two on the Epic games launcher. That is literally what it does is you start up the division or the division two and it just boots you into you play so <laughs> that you can start the division two. That's, like, uh, uh, it's so dumb. I think the last game I played, what was it? Far cry. What was there three? What was their third one? Or was it just Far Cry 3? Probably. Um, I think that was the last Ubisoft game I played through Steam. And yeah, I was I was super confused. Why is it having me open up Uplay? Play? Like, you have to open why? up Uplay. <laughs> yeah, no. So it's it's exciting. Again, it wasn't official. I couldn't have find an official statement, but I saw a few a few places saying um, that they're pretty sure a lot of the games coming over will not require you to boot Origins. One of those that was specifically named was Apex. Uh, which would make sense. It's a huge game. Why piss off a huge community by making you open to um, launchers? Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. And I mean, this is uh, to me, I think that this is a smart idea for EA just kind of bowing out of this whole, like, let's try and be a platform. You know, it's, it's not working for Bethesda. It's not necessarily working for EA. They don't have the library to really support that the way that steam can. Yeah. I'm glad that they're kind of rolling into this. I'm kind of curious if, I didn't see anything in particular about this that the about them going to uh, Epic. I don't think so, but I mean, I'm sure that that would be at some point in the future. They would yeah. probably start migrating a lot of their library over to Epic Launcher as well. Yeah, I, I don't have any official knowledge or data to back this up, but I have a feeling Origin probably was not. They were not going to throw the money or try to compete on the same level. See, obviously, they right. put it out trying to compete. But yeah. I would think just with obviously us talking about it, too, is I think the Epic Game Store, I think Epic is really throwing their full weight behind that, you know, thanks to Fork Fight and all the money that that brings in. They got a lot of money to play with. So I, I'd imagine Steam's going to have a little bit more trouble with Epic than they did with Origin because, yeah, I don't I don't I think they just created their launcher and kind of were like, here, you need it for our games, but never really tried to compete they, they on never- that level. 
Exactly. They didn't try to compete in the, the grand scheme of a marketplace. Like yeah. they weren't trying to get indie games or anything like that. At least, you know, the thing that Epic has in that advantage is they have, you know, a whole game engine that they're leveraging to allow people to make stuff for their platform. And that's what they're trying yeah. to be as a platform too. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, EA just doesn't have, yeah, they, they don't have the support that they need to really keep origin. You know, I, I don't think that origin is a very successful product, which is, uh, yeah, like I said, I think this is a good thing. Um, I'd be okay with being able to play. Uh, yeah. What was it? The last thing I played was battlefront two. Like shortly after that came out, that was the last thing I played on Origin. Um, and I mean another EA news. So it sounds like the NFL is actually extending their partnership with EA. So are you guys ready to see more great football oh. games that you're not going to play? Oh. I threw this in NFL here. NFL 2K. Yeah, I threw this in here because I don't play sports games. I think the last one I really played, like an actual. You know, like sat down and played through and did whatever the career mode was NBA Streets Volume 2 for the original mm-hmm. Xbox. So, uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, I've played on and off throughout the years. I I mean, I couldn't tell you the last time I played. Honestly, I had a buddy that I would play with. Um, uh, but, yeah, I was not I'm not a big fan. Um, I guess this is a little annoying just for me just because it's exclusive. Right. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. not going to be competition. Um, those that don't remember it. Yeah. Mike, you mentioned it. NFL 2K5 like having that competition pushes those games forward more. I'm not an expert in Madden, so I'm not going to say it's just been stagnant since, you know, they No, they it's stagnant, I'll say it. <laughs> A lot of those EA sports games are incredibly stagnant. Yeah. I mean, they're all kind of the same, you know, I weird think, loot boxy yeah. trading card game games. I feel I like the newest I don't actually thing pl- that's come to those is like the coach mode. Where you yeah. like the you're a team manager, and then you don't even play the sport. You just sit there and do like management stuff and trades and you know whatever yeah. crap that is. It's like, hey, which I mean could be cool if you're into games like that. But I mean, wouldn't it be great if you could have other studios working on these sorts mm-hmm. of games that can do stuff like just do weird off the wall shit like NFL Blitz? You remember that? Get back that was in the a day. Blast. Yeah, like I love that kind of stuff. You know, get well, get a little bit of variety in there. That was that whole that was the whole thing that two K. Well, one two K five did I think two things crazy. One was it came out a lot cheaper. It wasn't a sixty dollar game. What was it was it only twenty or thirty bucks? It was super cheap. Whatever it was, like compared to Madden coming out, that's like sixty. And then they did a first person mode, which like I remember. I think it was. I think I played the demo of it, and I was like, oh, this is like I don't know if I would have bought the game and played it that way you know it was game very way, hard to do yeah it was way. hard it was interesting it was it was different again it, it was something different than what we had been used to playing you know with sports games but yeah i mean i i uh yeah i, I guess the only other nfl game that i played that actually i did enjoy at the time was nfl fever which is a you know an original xbox game uh, again yeah you, you're not getting that competition you're not getting those different games which allows allows ea to just sit on madden and make the same game every year and then say oh we did new animations or now they sweat like i'm it's like i don't know i'll just uh, sit here and play tecmo on my switch there you go i still have uh uh what is it play action football for my snes you guys ever play that maybe 
It would have been a no. long yeah. time ago. If no, it's it's one of those. Yeah, it's one of those ancient ass titles. Yeah. The sad part too is there have been football games the last few years. I can't think of the name of the one that came out. I feel it was only a few years ago. But again, it since it doesn't carry like you know an actual, it's it doesn't carry have NFL licenses and you know teams and things like that. I don't think it got the. Um, it didn't get promoted very well, and those a it lot just, of people just wrote it off. It's deserved. Yeah, there you go. And which is a bummer. I don't know if it was any good, um, but I just remember reading and seeing some things about a new football game. But they were all weird names, you know, because they couldn't use, uh, you know, like the best team in the NFL, like the Philadelphia Eagles, or you know, any other teams like that. So, yeah. And I mean, this kind of go and this kind of news here makes me. I don't know. It makes me kind of cringe a little bit that you were getting like these high profile licenses that are partnering with like one specific game company to make. They're not even exclusively these company. kinds of games. I know. I mean, and this was the same problem I had with Disney partnering with EA exactly. to make to give them the strict license for the Star Wars titles or the Star Wars series as well. I mean, if you think about it, that happened back in like 2010. And we've got was three that games? when? Yeah, not we got counting mobile, games. not counting mobile games. Not counting mobile games, yeah, we got three titles. One of them was good at launch. That's it. Yeah, that's all we got. And I feel was like EA is probably not Battlefront Two and uh, the Jedi one. Were those mm-hmm. three? Fall Fallen Order was the only one that was actually well received at launch. People thought that Battlefront One was lacking in content and basically had no depth to it at all. Yeah, and then. Battlefront 2 for obvious reasons because people were pissed about the the loot boxes, the grindiness, the pay to win, the name it, you know, the pride and accomplishment. That's that was the big meme for Battlefront 2. Yeah. Um yeah, that that is all we have got in 10 years. Like if you think of the amount of Star Wars games that came from 2000 to 2010, there's tons. Mm-hmm. And they're all across the board, too. Like, some are action games, some are RPGs, some are flight games, some are, you know, like... Some were train wrecks, some were some of the greatest yeah, games some ever. Yeah, some sucked, some were amazing. Yeah, some were beloved, you know, that that launched launched crazy amounts of hype to it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I Luke, I don't Luke like this. film. Or not like yeah. this film, Lucas LucasArts. Arts. Yeah, rip LucasArts. You will be missed. We love you. Um... Yeah, so I mean, do you guys got any more that you'd like to say about NFL partnering with EA? I got nothing. I, okay. It, it, again, in reality, I don't play these games. Um, it's more just I don't like seeing these types of things happen, as we mentioned. Mm-hmm. So I could care less about Madden otherwise. It, yeah. I don't care. However, this game you might end up playing, because I know you, Matt. If I know one thing about you, Matt, you are a Halo fan. You. And supposedly, there is a new Halo project in the works for 343, from 343. Yeah, we were, whenever uh, this was shared by our editor on our Slack, we, we uh, what is I had about like eight different posts of like, oh, maybe it should be this game. Oh, it could be this game. Yeah, it, I'm, I'm excited to see w- what this is. I obviously, we have nothing other than a job posting for this, but that it's a... New what are we new project in the Halo universe, and they're looking for a senior producer. So, my 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 the wheels of my head started spinning. Um, you know, 
don't want to get my hopes up too much because I have my complaints with what 343 has done with Halo. But, uh, I, you know, anything in Halo, I do get excited for. So, you know, I, here I'm hoping for another ODST or... or uh, that's where my brain's at, too. I don't want another Master Chief thing. Like, that's kind of why I stopped playing them because the Master Chief was kind of like, you're this godly dude. And I, I loved ODST. I thought it was great. I thought Reaper yeah. was good, too, but... Yeah, a lot of people slept on ODST, and it, it has, it's it's. I'll just say this: even just the soundtrack alone is probably up there with one of you know probably top three of my my Halo soundtracks. Um, the game was great. Yeah, no, it's that's the one thing is like Microsoft has all this money, and I don't want them to just make a ton of Halo games, and then we're just getting a bunch of crap in there. But it's surprising how few games they've released, in my opinion. And how how much they haven't really branched out and done a lot of different things. Uh, I think what they we've got right. in RTS. We've yeah, got we got the, Halo Wars two. Yep, we Halo got, Wars one and two, right? Well, one was still while Bungie, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, Halo Reach was like half and half. Like I think that was then their transition period, right? Where it was always well, it was, it was Bungie's by Bungie. Last. Yeah. So the first, they didn't work with. Oh, okay, I thought they yeah. worked like kind of in tandem with three four three at the time, and they kind of like were doing like the whole handoff. Not no, it was the three four three's first official Halo game was Halo Four, I think. I don't remember if those weird top down. Uh, what is it? The the dual stick shooter. The this was it Spartan Assault. I don't. I'd have to look. I'd have to look that up. There was yeah. two of those. Spartan games. Assault was that one, one was actually yeah. kind of fun. I enjoyed. Yeah, that. and then I remember fun. there being some goofy platform. I don't remember like two D was... platformer one. Yeah, you guys remember that? Not at all. Three <laughs> pla- oh no, but um, I, I mean, even to say about Halo Wars two, which was done under three four three's supervision, that wasn't even done by them. That was done by uh, Ensemble, right? Nope, was ensemble, it done by ensemble? Rip ensemble. No, what's um did I not write that down here? Um shoot, who are the guys that do Total War? Um is it certain affinity? I look this up now. Um Creative Assembly. Oh, I was close. Almost. Um Creative Assembly, they're the guys that did Halo Wars too. They work closely. So again, you got all this money from Microsoft. You know, it's surprising that there hasn't been more games. Uh, you know, yeah, I'd like it to branch out of, you know, they, they're doing a whole bunch to create an expanded universe, but that's all in books. They're not doing a lot as far as games. So, I, yeah, I really, it, you know. Yeah, but you you kind of lose the excitement in my, like, I don't have excitement for Halo in general, but yeah. to their point, if they were dropping a different Halo game a lot and different types of Halo games, different un- or different parts of the universe, different characters, I think the the special happiness would go away, right? Like yeah. you, you would start to be like, Oh, well, it's just another halo game. You, even if they're good, you're still going to be, you're going to get to a point like call of duty. It, that is a decent game. I can't play them ever again. Well, maybe later, but right yeah. now I, I just like Warzone looked like a ton of fun. I started playing it. I was like, eh, it's call of duty again. So, I mean, if they did mm-hmm. that, you're going to, you're probably going to get a burnout. So I think, yeah. there's, I think they're actually doing a good job on, like timing, just not diversity. I just, I, I, well, that's it. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want them to water down just the Halo experience. But 
I I guess I personally would like to see a few other. They don't even have to be shooters. I mean, obviously, I'm a shooter fan, so I'd love if they did make more. But, you know, not about Master Chief. But, uh, it, you know, they, it, they've they had a bunch of kind of rumored canceled games through the years. Um, you know, it's a big IP. They could do a lot of different things. Again, I, you know, my my brain just starts spinning with ideas of things that they could do. That would be really fun to play. Um, yeah, I just I guess I just wish they would do a little bit more. With like a, a Knights of the Old Republic or like a Mass Effect version of Halo, I think would be really cool. That uh, my my one that I've still kind of confused why they haven't done it. I, the Assassin's Creed bubble was there for a while is why they didn't make <laughs> a game about not the Arbiter as we know them through kind of the Master Chief saga here. Um, but the Arbiters past Arbiters, you know, going out and, you know, Let's go tame the brutes, you know. Let's go quell the the grunt rebellion, you know. So, you know, they're doing arbiter things. Yeah, doing arbiter things, you know. And and you know, he that might maybe that would be more of like jumping a hack into and slash. bills from like yeah. eight miles up. Yeah, it could be the you know out. Assassin's Creedy stuff, or it could be yeah, you know, it could be just a hack and slash. You know, maybe like a God of War. You know, either of those could work. What would you have your hobbit do? It would be so awesome. It would also be out. It would also kind of be in the past and outside of the Master Chief story, which I think would help maybe with some excitement and kind of keep people in the game. I don't know, man, but it's like it seems it just seems so weird to have a Halo title that doesn't really include the Master Chief. Like, yeah. I know that Halo Wars exists. I know that Spartan Assault kind of exists. But honestly, I think when I think of Halo, like it's like it's it's synonymous with Master Chief. Yeah. Like I have a really hard time breaking that. Now, however, yeah, I did like ODST. I think that was a really, really cool experiment that Bungie got to do where they got to play around with different kinds of like, you know, nonlinear gameplay and how yeah, how they did that sort of like open world sort of thing with missions in it. Mm-hmm. It I don't it know. Also I, that I really liked that. Firefly, but... or at least a part of the cast of Firefly. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What wash they had? Uh... Nathan Fillion, Alan Tudyk. Um, yeah. That, that might have been Matthew. and Jewel no, Page? and um, no, they had um, Baldwin. Adam yeah, Baldwin. That's right. That's, that was yep. a, that was the yeah. third one I was trying to remember. I met Adam yeah. Baldwin. His hands are fucking huge. <laughs> like he's a big I dude. shook his hand and I was like holy crap he like dwarfed my hand I could have just like handed him my open hand and he could have shake like shaken it with just one hand around <laughs> all of it I was like oh my god do you go to like one of those wizard yeah, like wizard Wiscon, cons or something like, like one that? of the one of the comic-con things here at uh the Minneapolis Convention Center we were gonna do Nathan Fillion but his line was ridiculous um of course but we we could talk to him for like a minute and a half, and my only question to Adam Baldwin is, "How much hand sanitizer do you go through in one of these?" He, he, he <laughs> held up he held up like one of those little bottles, um, little what is that hand sanitizer? Anyways, um, he held up the little bottle. He's like, "Yeah, about one and a half of these a day." I was like, "Holy shit, <laughs> that's crazy!" Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Well. I mean, we'll have to see what what's kind of on the horizon for the Halo, you know, this this new Halo project, because I don't know, like they, they could really go in a lot of directions with this. 
I'm really curious to see how they close out this Master Chief series, what they do to kind of, you know, close the book on it. That could lead into where we're going to go forward from here. Yeah. Who knows? I think I, it's going to be, okay. be like... Maybe you'll get your, maybe you'll get your, your you know, Halo, MMO, FPS, RPG, RTS. I want it to BBQ. be... BBQ. I don't I want know. it to be like, you're a builder of the first Halo. Like, you're just an engineer putting together the thing <laughs> it's like a like a like a management type of game <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> exactly. it's like roller coaster tycoon yeah, for City. building halo <laughs> halo <rings>. tycoon <laughs> how many weapons can you build you laugh now but just you wait that's what 343 is working on i i'm gonna throw out my last idea and this is the the probably the one i would want the most and it was a game that yeah, almost sorry, happened Matt, we I, gotta we gotta move on <sighs> no, I'm kidding. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I, I went to GDC years ago, probably eight, nine years ago, and I had the chance to, much like you and Alec Baldwin, Alec Baldwin, Adam, Adam. Baldwin, um, <laughs> all the whatever. Wrong, wrong, <laughs> very I've been watching different, 30. Very I've been watching 30 Rock and Alec Baldwin's at that. Anyways, um, I got the chance to talk to Joseph Staten, who I think was officially the the writer and cinematic director of the Halos. Um, don't at me. I don't remember. I'd have to go look at double check. But I went up and asked him. I had one question for him. I'm a big fan of Sergeant Avery Johnson. And I asked him, why don't we have a video game of Sergeant Avery Johnson? He looked at me and said, there almost was. And I'm like, God damn it. There almost was. Um, so I'd love who to is, see. Who's the actor that plays that guy? Oh, I don't know. I'd have to look you him up. I don't him, think he's in. Throw him and like Samuel L. Jackson as the voice actors in the game, and you have something that will sell. Yeah, but uh, I I would love a game that follows Johnson. You know, he was one of my favorite characters. Uh, he's a reason there's a sergeant in my gamer tag. I'm not really a sergeant. I was not in any military, but uh, yeah. Big fan of him. He's a cool guy. He fights aliens and stuff. Anyways, cool. we can move on. All right. Well, then we will move on to some of the bad news then. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, unfortunately, so those who are uh, excited about Kerbal Space Program 2, which I think was announced last year at E3, I think that they mentioned that they were taught that was mentioned that they were talking about it anyway um there's been some drama around the uh the the team that was that was working on Kerbal Space Program 2 and it sounds like what ended up happening is that the t like the the studio was essentially closed like they they had a contract with um was it take two the people who do uh, the same publisher behind like I think 2k and all those guys right yeah is that the same? That's the same one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they had a contract with Take Two to make Kerbal Space Program Two, and I don't know if they like some deadlines weren't being met in time, but they eventually canceled the contract, and then they tried to basically uh, grab like everybody in the studio to come work for them instead. They tried to what? What is that called? Um, Poach. Yeah, it's like poach, poach. Thank you. They're, yeah, they're trying to poach all of the staff from um, the studio that was that was working on this. I'm trying to remember what the name of the studio was. It was Star something. Star Theory. Star Star Theory. Thank you. 
Yeah. So they were they were trying to poach developers from the Star from Star Theory Games' company. I don't necessarily know if they were to go and work on Kerbal. Yeah, but now this is in a reading, weird spot. The article, I think in... that's what they were trying to do. They were trying yeah. to poach from the studio to complete the game or to finish whatever they had to with the game. Mm-hmm. What it, yeah, what it sounded like, and I was still trying to piece some of this together too, um, and I found out, uh, I don't know if we said anything, Jason Schreier is working for Bloomberg now, and I found his article on this, and what it sounded like was, yeah, whatever contract negotiations at the end of last year went on and... 2K just kind of pulled it out, right? They they ended up moving Kerbal into this new studio called Intercept Games. And then, yeah, and then, like you said, tried to poach poach those people. And, yeah, and then that's where this kind of d- delay came from um, that they announced a few weeks ago. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of a weird, messy situation. And, yeah, it's just odd. It's, it's unfortunate for Star Theory. Um, and I'd like to, I'd like to know more, right? Like, cause there's obviously something happened in the negotiations for this new contract. Um, it sounded like they were trying to get an extension to add more to the game. Cause I think it was supposed to initially originally be out already, but then they got an extension to add more to it. And then yes, it sounded like some breakdown in, in, in the negotiations for this new contract. And 2K is just like, uh screw you yeah, guys we're, we're done gonna go take our game yeah. and build it elsewhere yep. yeah yeah and i mean it was kind of interesting because um i mean me personally so i i've heard of kerbal i have never really played kerbal but i've seen a, i mean i know a lot of people who are fans of it and i've seen, watched people play it a little bit um i didn't actually know that they that 2k had actually bought the license from the original developers of kerbal mm-hmm. Or take two. No, I'm sorry. Take two. They bought the rights to to make this game, and they contracted out. Yeah, like you said, Star Theory to to make the sequel for this. Yeah. That wasn't that one was kind of new to me, but yeah, this is kind of a weird thing. Like, I've heard of. I mean, we even in the software world, we kind of have a lot of that where people try to poach other people from other companies that are working on either high profile projects or something like that. Yeah. Or once the project is concluded, they go and migrate to somewhere else. But this seems almost this seems kind of scummy, doesn't it? Well, that's that's where I like think it depends on what side of the table, right? Like, yeah, who, was was it something that studio did, or was it something that the publisher did? Because if you're if you're sitting there saying, yeah, yeah, it's almost done, it's almost done, we just need a little more, and then it happens again, I don't like I don't know the history of it, and then it happens again. Right. You know, do you want to keep contracting to somebody who's not ever going to finish what you paid them to do? Yeah, well, it's not like the... they were doing fine. It was just, yeah, something broke down in those negotiations. And yeah, well, I don't, I, I don't think we'll know because it even sounded like most employees don't even know. They just actually found out about like what was what was it here where they just like found out LinkedIn that message. they just found out over LinkedIn yeah. messages, like yeah, and it wasn't. <laughs> Yeah, so it wasn't until a couple days later that they had a. It sounded like this was like a Friday, and then like the next Monday they had an all hands meeting at at you know Star Theory, and this happened, or they talked about it or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever know what happened, but yeah, who knows? It could have been Take Two, could have been you know the nice guys here, and it was the guys at Star Theory that were just like you know demanding too much or asking too much or or yeah lying and I, you know who knows. Um, it just seems like a very messy situation, but yeah, it's the first I've seen 
a, a publisher just literally take the IP, build a new company, and then and then try to yeah, yeah. siphon all the developers of that from the con from the people they were having a contract with. Yeah, yeah. It was- no, I don't know. I, I guess it's probably my bias, but I mean I've never been too trusting of publishers in general. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of them are really up, you know, they are really about the bottom line. Exactly, and they never, they don't necessarily have best practice and ethics at heart. Sometimes, I mean, we can see that, right? We can see that from the numerous amount of high-profile publishers that they don't, they never have, they they don't seem to have the the consumer's best interest in mind, mm-hmm. or the people that they're working with's best interest in mind. Um. Yeah, I'd be really curious to to find out more about this particular story to find to figure out what happened with those con- like what that negotiation because yeah, what they were negotiating an extension, right? It, it, yeah, again, it sounded like for about Whether six that was more for months new, of work, new features, or if it was um, it was new content, yeah, new content that they wanted to put in, or again, according yeah. to the article from. Bloomberg, so. To me, like a six-month extension means that something wasn't ready to launch, and or like they needed to add a content that they didn't get in there that was supposed to be. Maybe I don't know, but like adding a six-month window to something that they may have already like if it's already supposed to be out, they may have you know if there are physical copies, they may have already paid shelf space, they may have already gotten all of those retailer pieces in place. And if you delay on a retailer, you still have to pay that shelf space. It's just mm-hmm. a different game. will then get your space for free. Yeah. 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 But I mean like trying to poach the, the company that you contracted working for that. I mean that to me, that seems a little weird. I can put a spin on that too. Um, well, let's, uh, if, go ahead, if, Mike. if like, so let's say negotiations break down. And you're saying, okay, we're just not going to let you guys build this anymore. We're going to take it away. We're going to pop up our own studio that's or a different studio and say, you guys can work on it. Now, a lot of people who are already working on it probably have like a passion for this game. They've been doing it for however long they've been building it. So maybe they're like, hey, we know that things didn't go well. We can't get into why it didn't go well. If your bosses want it or your manager or your leadership wants to say something now, mm-hmm. they can. But if you want to continue working on the game because we have faith in you as developers, come work for us. We'll let you finish it out. Start on a new game after, whatever that may be. So to me, this is like an olive branch to them to say, hey, we like what you were doing. We didn't like your company. That's the way that I... I mean, I guess, but they're... they're, I mean, this isn't a super big company. I mean, Star Star Theory had about 30 employees. 12 of them ended up leaving for Take-Two. Yeah. So they just crippled that poor studio. Well, yeah, we haven't gotten into sad they news yet. They just bought out. Um, yeah, they bought out. They they basically just like that. That hurts losing like almost half your studio. That killed them. That the pulling this game and and losing those people killed them. Basically, what happened was it sounded like Star Theory didn't have much else going on, and when they lost this, they you know they still had some cash reserve for sound like a few months. And, you know, like any studio, they probably had maybe some things, you know, some some other uh, things in the was irons in the fire or something like a couple extra uh, ideas. Another item in the hopper. Yeah, there you go. But but the thing is, is typically it sounds like a lot of smaller studios like that, 
they'll go to GDC and meet with people and try to get investors there. Guess what didn't happen this year? GDC because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. basically they had to shut down because they didn't have, you know, they only had so much runway. They weren't able to secure any sort of funding to do whatever else they would have worked on. And now they had to shut down. So, I mean, that's the sad news there is, yeah, that crippled them. And then again, on who knows what the story would be like if there wasn't a pandemic, you know, maybe they'd be fine and have some new, new game they're working on with some other publisher. Right. But uh, yeah, this, this kind of timing and then, you know, everything else going on just kind of wrecked them and they're, Sounds like they're no more. So hopefully, you know, I, to your to your guys' point too about the poaching is, you know, and, and kind of extending that olive branches, there could be, you know, if those employees in a smaller studio are like, well, I don't know about the future, you know, I have a family, blah, 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 you know, they might take that deal because that's work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's not necessarily bad work. feelings. I hate this, this company or anything. It's just, you know, job security, they need to pay their bills or, you know, food for their family or, you know, whatever, you know. Well, not even just, I mean, and this is, this could be, this could be a bad thing for take two as well, mainly because who's going to want to work with take two after something like this? Well, if they've like got if you're a contracted, con- <laughs> I mean, now. they do now, but if they want to contract this out, if they want to start contracting out any other kind of development work, you're a contracted company. It's like, Oh yeah, I could work with take two. And then they're going to cancel this contract halfway through. Or when we, you know, when they keep asking us for more stuff and more stuff and more stuff, and we can't deliver on what they're asking for. And they decide to pull the contract and then siphon off half our company. Yeah. I ain't going to work with these <laughs> it's people. Happen yeah. like three or four like, times. Right. I mean, cause if you think base. about it, Right. Well, I mean, like, so take two isn't going to like take two isn't exactly uh, they they have a lot of companies underneath or they have a lot of developers underneath that publisher anyway. Why would they contract this out in the first place then? I don't know. They already had the license. Why didn't they just do it internally? Why did they even contract it out in the first place? Booked up. Yeah, possible. Possible, Money too. but I mean, it could have yeah, been cheaper like, to go with a team of thirty versus yeah. like, like a small time studio versus their own studios that have particular prices for everything. So the sure. return on Kerbals too may not have been worthwhile for like one of their internals. Yeah, sure. And so, I mean, if they if they were to try and do this again, you know, my thought is is why would you want to work with Take Two? if this is a risk that they're willing to kind of just poach half your poach half of your staff and then basically sink your business. Yeah. Again, I think it has, you know, it has to do with how does this turn out? Like who was the bad guy? Like if, if two uh, blah, take two has, you know, evidence to show to whoever partner that they look for in the future that, Hey, they didn't deliver. And it wasn't anything that we did. It's they were asking for more time for X, Y, Z. They didn't finish A, mm-hmm. C, you know, then maybe. But if it was just, a, you know, to your side of the story or your side of the argument is if if they were just being shitheads, then no, I, I think it's bad for them. Or, yeah, I mean, like they're just trying to, you know, oh, well, we could probably make this. We could probably make this game cheaper with half the size of the staff and just keep it internal and not have to pay a contracted company for it. Sure, we could do that too. 
Are they hiring these people? Did it say anywhere? I didn't see it. Um, if they're hiring them as full time or if they're just contracting the contracting group, because that could be even worse. I think uh, I think they it didn't just said hired them on because I think they, yeah. they have benefits and stuff too. Okay, I was gonna say if they were just if they contracted the contracted group, then that's a lot fishier yeah. in my opinion than you know bringing them on full time to staff. I thought I saw that they got like full benefits and even like a a little bit of a bonus if they came over. I'd have to go through this article again and look, but yeah, no, uh, I don't know. It's interesting. I'd like to know more, but maybe we mm-hmm. never will, or maybe we'll have it yeah. in a future podcast. Who knows? Hey, we already got one article about this from Jason Schreier. I'm sure he could do some pretty good work yeah. <laughs> into figuring out more about this. You know what I mean? Yep. All right. So going on to, uh, th- this is, you know, also not super great news, but, um, this is our last topic for the day. Uh, so Valorant launched earlier this week. So we are now out of beta. We've got the 1.0 of Valorant. I was actually kind of, you know, I was actually kind of excited for it. My, uh, my fiance and I have been playing a lot of Valorant lately with a couple of our friends and taking, you know, walking back a little bit of what I said about it in a previous podcast about what I, what my initial thoughts were, um, I've been actually enjoying it quite a bit. However, the reason that it's kind of coming up in the news lately is that there's actually been a bit of um, launch issues, uh, problems with bugs, disconnects, Vanguard issues, all that sort of stuff. If you're familiar with, you know, a lot of how, if you're familiar with how we were talking about Valorant before with Vanguard being kind of that kernel level access into your computer for the anti-cheat. So people are having issues with that. People are having issues connecting to their servers, grouping with friends, things like that. So this is the launch itself has been off to a bit of a rocky start. I personally haven't been running into any of these issues myself. Neither has any of my friends that I know of thus far. We have had like no disconnects, no issues with starting the game or anything like that. But I thought it was interesting to bring this up because uh, they we've been seeing also a lot of like we've been seeing also a lot of review bombings on Metacritic and other such sites about Valorant having, you know, the, some of, some of them related to these launch issues, but a lot of them being related to how it is as a game in comparison to Counter-Strike. Now that was one of my primary criticisms going into this game was that it was, it felt a lot like a Counter-Strike ripoff kind of a thing. And after playing it a bit more, I do see and appreciate a lot of the stuff that is different about this game compared to Counter-Strike and some stuff that Counter-Strike doesn't have that I wish it did. Or some stuff that Valorant has that Counter-Strike doesn't that I wish it did. Um, so for instance, um, I know you guys haven't really played Counter-Strike, so I, I, this might be me just kind of going off I, on okay. a rant. But... I've played a lot of Counter-Strike. I just haven't played anything recent. Like I played... Like 2004, 2003. Okay, so you're like the the source era? Oh, yep. yep, yep or the yep. 1.6 era? The tub girl era? <laughs> the tub girl <laughs> era. Nice. Cool. <laughs> so <laughs> That was the best spray <laughs> that you could possibly you have. Liked, you liked, Warning here. You know, nobody was, Google that. Nobody Google <laughs> yeah, that. Do not, like the... do not look it up. Um, but no, a buddy of mine, uh, I'm not going to say his name, but that was that was his spray 
yeah in uh counter-strike and it was always great because you had the people who would get the um bolt action rifle and they you know quick scope and take you down um you know like on long hallways well he'd spray the long hallways so as soon as they zoom in they would just hit tub girl <laughs> nice don't yeah goat sea sprays oh god <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so one of the things that like between between playing Valorant and CS:GO, kind of right now where I'm at is that I'm I, I lean a little bit more towards Valorant. I mean, I kind of I still don't really like the whole hero aspect of it, just because it, it's weird that all of the different player, like all of the different characters, have very like weird kits that don't all kind of function the same way, and. I don't like the balancing act that has to go with managing a hero shooter. Um, but there's stuff in the in Valorant that I'm actually quite appreciative of. One of the things being that, uh, and I haven't heard this talked about a lot, is that the unranked play is the same as ranked play. I actually really like that a lot, and I really wish that Counter-Strike... Uh, CS:GO, at least for matchmaking's sake, had that as well. Can you allow like the pool that you pull from is the same? Like it's yes. not a separate like if like, you jump it into is literally ranked, the you're not right. Okay, it is literally the same rule set as ranked. Oh, the like okay. the exact. Oh, I thought, is, I thought it is you're the exact about, same. Rules? I thought you were talking about playing player pool. Not the, not oh, the no, 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 like, no. So no. they just take no. a bunch of randos from the like open play <laughs> and shove them in with compet. Like, okay. No, no, no. Yeah. So the, yeah. So it's easier to say that it's, yeah, it's unrated. The unrated gameplay is the same as the ranked gameplay. Yeah. The rules and all, all yeah. The objectives. Gotcha. There's gotcha. nothing different. It's just the same, just ranked or not ranked. Exactly. Okay. That's something that CSGO doesn't have. And the game has been out since, I believe, 2012, 2013. Still to this day doesn't have anything like that. And I know it's been asked for by the community. I think it is really important to have this, mainly because I like, I do enjoy playing with my friends. My friends vary from, you know, all different (laughs) kinds of skill ranges. Some are good, some are really good, and some are really, really bad. I don't want to have, like, if I'm going to play ranked, I don't want to have my rank affected by playing with the various type, you know, playing with my various friends. That being said, I don't want to end up having to do things like make a smurf because that brings a whole bunch of other problems in CSGO where you have things like, um, you have this, uh, this concept called a trust factor in CSGO so basically like if you have a low trust factor if you have a smurf account and you get reported for smurfing or whatever it lowers your trust factor and then you end up playing with a bunch of hackers nice so it's 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 not fun anyway right and the 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 non-ranked matchmaking play for counter-strike is just a clusterfuck like it's like 12 people and you just buy whatever the hell guns you want and it's just it's just a mess and everybody it like all chat is turned on so everybody can just talk scream at each other <laughs> and it's just it's just so obnoxious it's just ridiculous so i i do like how like you can i can still play with my friends in the same way that i could play in ranked play so i can like teach my friends how to play or whatever and you know, we're essentially all playing the same game because a lot of my friends like to play 
essentially the the competitive rule set but they in counter-strike they have to play ranked in order to do that so we always end up with kind of a, a big range of who's playing with us at any given time and then it just completely changes like you know one game you know we're we're kind of matched with some even people and then the next match because i brought in a new friend now i'm just getting completely shit on because they're everyone's way better than me so yeah um but yeah so people are review bombing this game for it being too similar to counter-strike being kind of gimmicky being a hero shooter and all that and i don't personally i don't feel like that is enough of a reason to justify giving it a really, really bad score. Like the bugs and the Vanguard and all that, I would totally be in favor of, you know, like I would support lowering your score and rating for that because yeah, like it's already been proven that Vanguard doesn't do enough to prevent anti-cheat because there's still plenty of hackers that are actually cheating. Yeah. <laughs> like it's There's still tons of people who are actually cheating. It, it, it doesn't do enough to justify its own existence. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought that one was interesting. And then um, the other big Valorant news that we had coming out of this was that uh, the the executive producer was talking about how they will probably look into getting this to move over to console. But if it doesn't work and it doesn't feel right and they have to change too much of the game to make it work for console, they're just not going to do it. So that was what the that that's what the executive producer Anna Donlon said is that. You know, if we feel, she said, quote, if we feel like we can deliver this experience on those platforms, we absolutely will. But we really want Valorant to stand for a certain type of gameplay and a certain type of experience. So, yeah, which no, means I mean, we can't put our anti-cheat on your console. Yeah, yeah we can't put the anti-cheat on the console. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's I mean, it's kind of a. a It'd be a bummer if it didn't come to consoles, but honestly, I would be very surprised. Like, th- there's no way they're not gonna. It's a shooter. It's gonna they fit don't have good on console games currently. But it would be silly for them to just be like, "Oh, the experience is different," you know? Like, li- like that. Like, so you were talking in the previous part about you know review review bombing because it disconnects and bugs and all that fun stuff. And all I can think of is it riots is. Riot's games because they have two now, right? Um, no, they got a bunch of mobiles too. There's like yeah. the card game and the the quick battles thing. Go on. Well, whatever. So, so League of Legends, right? And and Valorant, those are designed to run on almost everything, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering how much of how much of these issues is also just random Joe Schmo that's using that HP laptop from ten years ago, and yeah, it meets the minimum specs, but between him and his his router that he hasn't you know upgraded from you know g you know connectivity or you know g wireless you know like how much of that is just bad experience and those bad reviews are because they let it run on everything so in my mind is like okay you make it so it can run on a whole bunch of different type of machines but oh well if the experience isn't there on platform or on on consoles we're not going to do it it just in my mind it doesn't make makes sense especially since shooters at least as far as uh xbox you know xbox is known for shooters it would be weird if they didn't put it on there uh sony obviously has shooters too but um yeah i I don't know in my mind it's it's it'd be yeah it'd be weird if they didn't 
I, and I, I don't know. They they brought a couple of Counter Strike games to console already, and they really haven't been super successful. I had it's just a very on Xbox. I loved that it was on there. Yeah, did it? I mean, did it play pretty well? Yeah, it was close to Counter Strike. Yeah, it was decent. Um, I mean, this is the OG Xbox, so it's yeah. an old version of Counter. Yeah, it ran fine. Yeah, okay, because I didn't really under, know that they were super popular. Oh, it didn't. Like, I couldn't get, like, you jump into Xbox Live, empty. 100% empty. I, I think I might have been the only person that bought that game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I imagine they're going to have to do, you know, the experience is probably going to be a little different because they're going to have to do, you know, you know, some aim assist and, and bullet magnetism stuff because of that loss in precision uh, due to moving to controller, but... Yeah, I I don't I don't get this statement. It's different. I, I, maybe they just don't have the experience in house to develop a console game. Maybe that's another thing. You know. Well, I, and like I said, like it, it's the way that you play these kinds of games is a like there's a very particular way that you play them that suits the keyboard and mouse really well. Yeah. Mainly because it's not so much a lot of like moving and shooting it's like a lot of moving stopping aiming shooting with a lot of really fast twitchy aiming it's Mm -hmm. really really reliant on the aim and i think that if you add in things like aim assist and bullet magnetism and stuff like that that really throws off a lot of the that really throws off a lot why don't they just leave it out of the gameplay what do you have to have aim assist in there no make it difficult as hell yes well, I mean, if you do, if you have a shooter on a on a console, yes, because trying to aim at anybody without it is absolutely ridiculously hard. Yeah, it's insanely hard. Like if you try yeah, to That's just all like, I, say. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, um, this is coming from no like the, the the. Like... This is coming from like the the PC guy, but yeah, like if you ever try to like like jump into a match of Halo with somebody and be on the same team and just try to shoot each other. Like you'll realize that it's it's really really hard. It's really hard to to kill each other. Just because aiming on a stick is kind of stupid, but not if you're playing rockets. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. No, uh, I mean yeah, I, I get that. I but uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. As you mentioned, this is in a prototype state, so you know they're still working on it. They're still figuring it out. So who knows when we'll mm-hmm. we'll hear about it next. Yeah, so I mean, if we, we'll definitely talk about it if uh, they end up deciding to bring this to a console or something like that. But the game just came out. I mean, so far I'm having a pretty good time with it. Xbox supports keyboard and mouse. Just it's free. It's free. I will never, Matt ever and do Mike. that. <laughs> it's free. You, my, you can play it with you think me. My Quadro 2000 will run this game. Yes. All right. I'll think about it. Yeah this this game is not uh, run on a potato. Yeah, this game does not strain the PC by any stretch of the imagination. It's be the next Skyrim where they just make it run on everything. I do. It'll run on your refrigerator. I do plan on buying like a new graphics card at some point, but none of you guys answered me on Slack. I answered. Yeah. What are you talking about? I'm what literally staring me? at my Slack where I answered you. Mm, pretty sure you didn't. <laughs> I have it open right now. I said you could pretty probably sure. do a 1060 or 2060. Yeah, I, there I you go. See that message. <laughs> Well, we'll get back to you when uh, we'll we'll let you guys know, you listeners out there, when Mike what Mike decides to buy on the next episode. But <laughs> we're gonna be a couple episodes, but 
<laughs> yeah, probably. I do have a shout out if you're gonna if you're right before he closes out here. I do want to do it. Yeah, um, go for it. Congratulations to uh, the winner of our giveaway. I'm not gonna say his name, but uh, congratulations. I hope you get something awesome with it, and hopefully we will do some giveaways in the future. I've got some stuff planned, so uh, keep listening because there's going to be some secrets that you'll have to uncover. So keep listening. So why why aren't we shouting out the the name of the person I who won? I don't know because is that proper to do? I mean, it may be like a Twitter handle or something. Yeah, no, it's his name. <laughs> so he t- <laughs> yeah. so oh. to be fair, if you check out our Twitter, you can see who won. He did um, tweet at us a big thank you. Um, this gentleman was super nice. Um, it was a lot of fun. So uh, I also, cool. I really appreciate everybody who gave feedback as well on the, the uh, um, God, what was that called? The giveaway, the competition. Yeah, or, the giveaway. Um, so yeah, contest. contest. That's the, I was looking for contest. Um, there was some really good feedback about it. It was kind of cool to see that people were excited that they actually had to dig through episodes to find what we were looking for. It wasn't just another yeah. one of those. Well, <laughs> I mean, it initially wasn't designed. Yeah, it initially wasn't designed to dig through. It's just, uh, I'll, I'll own this one. I uh, When we record bonus episodes, I usually, if we talk about news, I usually release the most you know, one that has uh, news in it to be better to get out earlier. So we recorded an extra one for you guys uh, last week. So I threw what was supposed to be our Saturday episode out on Wednesday and I didn't tell Mike and then Mike's like, it's in the Saturday one, but that was our second one. It didn't have, yeah, it was a whole mix up. So (laughs) it's a bit backwards, um, but you know what? No, I'm not going to own this one. He's not here. I'm just going to blame it on chase because he's not here. (laughs) Chase, it was your fault. Wrecked, dude. But yeah, so um, savage giveaways, giveaways coming in the future. Like I said, if you want to see who won, we are at Camp Game Pod. Check us out on Twitter. And also be sure to visit our website at campfiregamingpodcast.com. And while you're there, be sure to uh, click the link for our Discord and join us on Discord. We would love to have you chatting with us. And maybe we can uh, play some games together at some point in time. I'd honestly, uh, for our listeners that we have out there, I'd love to chat with you just to get some, maybe some ideas, or if you have questions that you'd like the, not panel, the group here to to answer or talk about. The you know, camp counselors to answer the for camp, you. Yeah, come to the camp counselors. We'll uh, we'll answer your questions. Um, yeah, no, I think that'd be a lot of fun. You know, if you you had questions, you know, anything from like, what's your favorite games, or you know. I don't know why doesn't Matt buy wanna, a Switch? Yeah, or just shoot the shit about games because we love talking about games on the mic and off the mic. Yeah, also, don't do. forget to stoke the fire by hitting that subscribe button. Ooh, I like that. I've been trying to get that to stick, but I don't know. We'll see. Nice. <laughs> poking the fire, just kind of wiggling yeah, around a little just bit. And a little poker in there, you know, until yep. your, your poker stick kind of sets on fire and then, you know, blow it out. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, that's it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all next time around the campfire. <laughs>